everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Maiden Vault podcast and the Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast focused on the female point of view chapters. I'm Court. And I'm Mike. And this week we are back with episode 10, which I can't believe we made it. Let's make some noise for it. Yay! Honestly, I didn't, I did not think that we would make make it it this far. Honestly, I'm glad and I'm proud that we did. And also, thank you guys for listening because it's a big, it's a big motivator. Yeah. Not that I do it only for that because I really like talking about this stuff. But thank you guys for just tuning in. Yeah. Helps to know that people want to hear the ramblings of Mad Men. Yeah. Just, just all kinds of crazy stuff we talk about. Anyway. Speaking of. Well, I don't think it's crazy things, but this week we do have to speak about some wild stuff. Some wild stuff. So we are back with Daenerys. We're at Danny 3. And I just held up two fingers. Y'all can't see that, but it's kind of funny. I said Danny three and I held up two fingers. It was so weird. Anyways, um, I'm just going to jump into the summary yeah. because I'm starting to ramble. Yeah, hit me with the summary. Yeah, man. Are you ready? Cool. So we are back with Daenerys as she, along with her brother Viserys, Jorah Mormont, and the rest of Drogo's Kalasar, make their way across the Dothraki Sea towards Vice Dothrak. As she reflects on the grueling adjustments she's had to make, both physically and mentally, since her marriage began, she decides to take a brief moment during the daily march to ride off alone. When word reaches Viserys that she had commanded the procession to wait while she meditates in solitude, he angrily approaches her, as he tends to do, only to be restrained by Jogo, who is a Kalsar rider protecting Danny from further harm by her brother's hand. With Viserys still in hand, Danny orders that his horse be taken from him, disgracing him for all to see before riding off alone once more. When she later returns to the camp, she speaks of dragons with her handmaids Eerie, Jiqui, and Dorea to gain more information concerning the growing bond that she has with her gifted eggs. Later, following another conversation she has with Dorea alone this time, Danny tries out some of her newly acquired uh, advice, I guess you could call it, mm-hmm. in pleasing Drogo, and weeks later it is revealed that she is now carrying his child. And that is Danny 3. Yeah, so last time we saw Danny, she was getting married, right? Yeah, and she was married. She was married off. Um, so it's been probably a while since then. I kind of just want to dive right in because what we see here, I mean, we already kind of have caught glimpses of her, her little men- mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say little not as in like it's it's minute or it doesn't mean anything. Little as in she's literally 13, so she's Yeah. Um, but the beginning of this chapter is filled with so much imagery and so much like compare and contrast. Um, and I kind of wanted to just talk about where Danny is with the Colossar, yes, but she's also like, I mean, Jorah's right next to her. Yeah. For for whatever reason. We'll get into Jorah in a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I think this may have been the first time that she's getting to actually kind of take in a lot of the nature around because we know that she traveled a lot right yeah like i can imagine that she traveled a lot um i don't actually it's not even i don't know i'm pretty sure that it wasn't this much on horseback so i don't know do you want to start talking about yeah i mean how you felt or like she says as much it's the journey had been very hard on her up to this point because Mm -hmm. up till now she hadn't been you know riding on horseback and for the Dothraki where everything is valued around their horses. That's their transportation. That's how they get around. That's basically their way of life. And for her, it was like, Hey, I'm now becoming accustomed to the idea of riding for seven to eight 
hours a day mm-hmm. and learning to become accustomed to the way that the Dothraki ride and and kind of being more engrossed in that. But a part of that was also coming to terms with how hard that riding is on her both mentally and physically. Yeah, because I mean, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you definitely didn't cut me off. Go ahead. Yeah, I just started thinking about, I mean, because she really starts to kind of reflect when we first see her on like the grass and how vast it is. Mm -hmm. And she starts asking Jorah questions kind of about like, you know, well, does it always go on this far? Like, what is this? How all this stuff? And mm-hmm. he's kind of giving her like the breakdown of like what's the nature of the grassy and, yeah. and yeah. And you know, for her, it's just like, well, I've never been able to kind of experience this. And she has been feeling isolated. We talked about this the last Danny episode. She already kind of felt isolated and alone because everybody she knew was kind of separated from her physically at the wedding itself. Mm-hmm. And also, she just kind of felt thrust into this new culture and this new life with kind of no real preparation. Think about being and, there emotionally. She yeah. can't really talk to anyone yeah. because she doesn't speak their language. Mm-hmm. She can't really communicate with people physically because she is in stature so much smaller yeah. than so many of the other men that yeah. are around her. So it's yeah. like, I'm trying to to scream out like, hey, I yeah. would like someone to hear me. I would like to be seen mm-hmm. and, and kind of like, I don't know, sometimes I think about the idea of her being Khal Drogo's wife and like actually what that entails and, and no, you think about well, like we, we see well yeah. i know what we see but i'm saying like think about like the idea around her having to be in a space with someone as as imposing as him yeah and her just opposed against that in thinking like i don't know i i feel like i had a point and it was mostly around the fact that she's so small <laughs> she's so small she and but the so thing is it's funny you actually brought up a really good point because i think she thinks about that but then in in the same sense, she's kind of like, well, I really don't know him outside of the physicality, right? Because she, don't she, she makes, not even that they don't communicate, he's not physically around her until it's time for him to come and have sex with her. And we'll get into that in a mm-hmm. minute. Um, but a lot of her thinking is like, and it's weird because she's kind of of two minds. She's in, in there's a very, very important pin in it point that I want to yeah, make yeah, yeah. about her and what it means for her to be alone. Because she speaks and she says, well, she wants to be by herself. And she says on the one hand, you know, she feels so completely isolated. And she feels like, you know, Drogo kind of doesn't really ride with her all day. She's kind of stuck to be around Jorah and her brother and, you know, people that are not Drogo because he's always off riding with his blood riders. And that's their thing and that's what they do. And he doesn't eat with her. He doesn't talk to her during the day. He doesn't come and eat dinner with her. He eats with his dudes. He doesn't come to her until later that evening. But then at the same time, she's just like, well, it's really important for me at this time in the day to kind of have some alone time. I really want to experience this nature. Like I want to be kind of one with things as they are. Yes. Because I don't really ever get to be alone because I'm always surrounded by handmaids or Mm -hmm. Viserys is always barking orders at me. There's always people. So it's just like her definition of loneliness. It's, It's this striving because, again, she knows... That she's been sold to this person. She knows that she's basically property at this point. She she understands that. She's trying her best to use all the coping mechanisms that had worked for her before to kind of make her feel okay in this situation. And there are lo- there's lots of language that she points to. Um, but I do want to start talking about like the idea of like you made a good point about her being juxtaposed 
with with Drogo mm-hmm. because Drogo doesn't make an appearance in this chapter until the end. Until so the I kind of don't end. really want to talk about him yet. Yeah, no, no, no. I we can keep a big about part of Daenerys's like mental state right now is she's super traumatized. Like, like you said, she's never really had to be on horseback for eight to nine to however many mm-hmm. hours however a many day hours they're marching they marching. She's on this horse. She talks physically about, you know, the saddle sores that she gets from mm-hmm. being on this horse. She talks Being about bruised, the, 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 blisters. The, the, the blisters on our hands and the bruising and everything like that. And she talks about the fact that, you know, that is physically demanding. Also, it's hot out there. So, you know what I mean? Like, people are, like, roasting in the sun. They didn't have shade. They didn't have, like, sunscreen. They have none of that stuff. And she's described as very, very pale. So I can't imagine that that is good for her skin in, in no. any kind of way. Um, so she's probably dehydrated. She's exhausted. And on top of that, she... After the end of each day, she has to get ready for whenever he decides to come in. And I have my favorite thing in the world. A direct quote. A direct quote. Um, And this is just her talking about, you know, after having to endure all that physicality during the day with Mm -hmm. riding, this is what happens to her every single night. So, yeah. And the quote goes, yet every night, sometime before the dawn, Drogo will come to her tent and wake her in the dark to ride her as relentlessly as he rode his stallion. He always took her from behind, the Dothraki fashion, for which Danny was grateful. That way, her lord husband could not see the tears that wet her face, and she could use her pillow to muffle her cries of pain. When he was done, he would close his eyes and began to snore softly, and Danny would lie beside him, her body bruised and sore, hurting too much for sleep. And... I mean, if that doesn't really kind of bring home where she is in the beginning of this chapter, and and I don't want to say it goes away at the end of the chapter. I just think that there's kind of a it, we can kind a of see a, a change in her, um, whether that's coping or whether that's like her deciding to take control. That's a that's something we can discuss. But I mean, it's clear that like this is a child being raped probably every single day. Yeah, she's and in distress. She's. <sighs> Her mind's in distress. Her body's in distress. Nothing is really kind of nothing is nothing is nothing is 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 really cool for this kid right now. So when she seeks an op or she sees an opportunity really to kind of like just be free of just it, be free for a minute. Like because I mean she does mention she says, "Hey, like you know what? I think I'm gonna kill myself." Like yeah, she she says, it it. "She said, you know just- what? It just might be easier." For me to just go ahead and 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 kill myself, and I don't have to deal with this anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like think about that. Like yeah, and I'm saying think about that. Let me thrust that at you. But like the just the the way that it's presented to us, and, and I imagine that some time has has passed mm-hmm. since the wedding. Mm-hmm. Presumably, this is a series of events that takes place. Every single day, if not every other day that's happening in her life. Mm-hmm. All this time on this march, while wow, she's still, like you said, very physically exhausted, very emotionally distressed. She's not sleeping. She is not really eating well. She's trying her best to to kind of acclimate to the surroundings around her. Mm-hmm. But then she's forced upon by Drogo in this very callous in 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 what I would think is like the least intimate fashion of course. that it could be. So like if if we go back to Danny one mm-hmm. and, and kind of 
think about where we saw Daenerys in that space and mm-hmm. kind of like where we saw Daenerys at the end of even her second chapter. Yeah. Um, and, and, and kind of the mental gymnastics she at 13 is already kind of trying to jump yep. through to make that palatable to her. And what because did she do? The, Sorry, I, mean, I'm she, going, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off, no. but like that's she, a good point. She disassociates. She not only but disassociates. But how specifically? There's a specific thing that she tends to do. Oh, she she finds strength in the dragon. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying not to jump the gun because I didn't know. No, because like, I mean, that's a part of her it, mental it, state. Like, I think that where we see her in the beginning, like she starts to reflect on all the things. But then it's just like she's telling us everything. She's catching us up, basically, in her mind. Mm-hmm. She's catching us up to a very specific time. Like we see her on the road with Jorah, but then she kind of backtracks and was like, hey, let me catch you up to what Danny's been doing. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, well, all these bad things have happened and I was ready to take my own life because it was really, really bad. But then I had this dream. Yeah, it was Dragon Dream. Yeah, I had this dream and like, I don't see Viserys anymore because he's not important. And I saw this dream and the dragon that I saw in my dream looks exactly like my black and red, like my black and red squirrel red red egg, the big one. And that's the one I'm always called to. And like, it, it burned me but I didn't feel dead or anything like that. It didn't hurt. I just felt clean. She said, I felt free. She said, I felt free <laughs> I and felt I felt free. clean. I was and clean. It like burned my skin off. Yeah. Direct quote. She says she felt strong and new and fierce. So those were, those are Danny's exact feelings. On those, those all sound like things that should be on like the back of a, a like shampoo. No. No. Maybe it, like a Nike commercial. Or yeah, maybe a Nike commercial. Yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong kind of shampoo. can't help it (laughs) no but yeah so i just it's it's just very interesting because i think that a large chunk of the beginning like the maybe the first three pages of this chapter are danny says she's feeling fine danny tells you all the reasons she's not feeling fine then danny tells you well this is what i've decided to now do yeah i i hope you don't mind i've i've put it in my head okay at this point why would i mind not at all so we start out this chapter yeah. and, and we have the child Daenerys and we're, we're thrust onto this situation that she's in. Yeah. And she's, like you said, she's taking us through the motions of what is happening to her in mm-hmm. real time mm-hmm. and how she just, she can't deal any, any longer. Yeah. She has this dream. She wakes up. She's like, boom, you know what? I'm over it. I'm, I'm not into it. And like a lot of that, is just so it rings so true for 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 people and individuals but specifically like women who who have to go through very trying times and I I feel like I'm I'm underpinning how how callous some of of, of this danger I mean, and, and abuse like, un, that's like, been yeah. given to her and thrust onto her but like really my 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 main point is I feel like there there's two versions of Daenerys for me up to this point. Okay. We make a lot of allusions and a lot of jokes about Catelyn Stark kind of feeling uh, more in tune with, with her Tully nature and mm-hmm. her Tully heritage. Mm-hmm. I feel like for, for Danny and, and she even alludes to as much about like her connection to the dragon yeah. and kind of like what that does for her. I, I feel like we've now entered into the, bcad version of daenerys Mm -hmm. um you don't have to go along with this but this is just my own personal belief that this is now daenerys 2.0 oh i believe it and the one that was there before like in by all accounts she does not exist anymore well she can't 
and it and it's so reflective of the rest of the text throughout the rest of the chapter mm-hmm. that it's almost as if the Daenerys that that went to sleep and well, then actually, woke up after that dream is a is a different person because she has to be. So am I off? No, you're not off because I was so ready to be like, you know what, 100. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. But I also think that I think it would be a disservice to Daenerys to to act like no part of her or her true self like still exists. I I, I think, think it does. does. I think it's it's like because it, here's the thing. I don't think that she. Because right now, like after this, I, I kind of want to start talking about why we feel those ways. Because we mm-hmm. talked a little off my hook about why we felt those ways. But what I mean in saying is that I think that those, I think this is her, like you said, her having to be. And I said it as well. Like she has to be. But these are all just feelings that she had that she didn't feel like she had a voice to say. And now she kind of has room to say it. And she decided, well, hey, it can't get any worse. So I might as well just start living myself, like my truth. I just might as well start acting the way that I've been thinking and feeling this whole entire time, specifically when it comes to people like Viserys in her life. Yes. Um, she's just like, all right, cool. You've been saying you're going to do X, Y, and Z for X, Y, and Z long. I don't care. Yeah. It used to be, please show me receipts. Now it's, yeah. I don't, I'm not interested. No. And she says specifically another direct quote from that hour onward and our meaning after she had the dream. Mm-hmm. From that hour onward, each day was easier than the one before it. And I think, yeah, that was the point at which she was just like, hey, this dragon is giving me strength for reasons unknown. I have to live that because, again, we talked about this. That is where she and Viserys both draw their strength. They both know and recognize and and and, and take pride in, which I'm not saying they shouldn't. That's their heritage. Good on them. But it kind of brings them comfort to know that in the face of all this bad stuff happening from, from the time that they were booted from Dragonstone to now that they are doing this for a reason and mm-hmm. they have a reason, they have a destiny to do a thing. Yeah. They feel like um, their deity, the dragon yeah. has their back. Yeah. Anyone would feel good knowing that, you know, yeah. Buddy's watching out for me. Yeah. In her case, Buddy's a dragon. <laughs> so that's all right. Yeah, man. So it's it's just it's interesting because again she a lot of this is her trying to kind of figure that out on her own without truly really having a support system. Now when we talk about her support system, let's talk about the people around her. I mean, she has support, but is it support though? Because let's let's do the rundown then, right? Okay, the rundown. I mean, we the first person we see her talking to is Jorah Mormont. Yes, and I have lots of questions about Jorah. I'm sure you probably have lots of questions about Jorah too. I mean, we ultimately will figure out, and we've said this before, any singles, I know you're probably tired of hearing us say it anytime we mention Jorah, that he's there not for any kind of, you know, benevolent reasons. He's there because he's trying to get his own ticket back home and he's trying to, you know. Yeah, Jorah's, Jorah's he's a snake. there for him. So in our own fashion, I also I have a direct quote. All right. Sir Jorah was not a handsome man. He had a neck and shoulders like a bull, and coarse black hair covered his arms and chest so thickly that there was none left for his head. I kind of really enjoy the idea that anytime we're introduced to Jorah, Danny has to remind us how absolutely ghastly this dude looks. Do you think he's ghastly or do you think he's just like a regular dude? I just think he's like a regular dude. And she's a 13-year-old girl who don't have no time for him. 
I'm going to call it a mixture of both because I kind of like it better that 13 year old Danny doesn't really have time for him. But because she kind of has to make time to talk to someone because he happens to speak the common tongue. I'm saying happens to, but he speaks the common Mm -hmm. and she can converse with him about all this stuff that she's, you know, now very interested in in seeing and talking about. And he seems so well versed in it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to this dude, but he's he's ugly (laughs) to her. Because, like, think about, like, our visions and think of, like. But what does that have to do with him being close to him? No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm saying, like, think of the visions that we get of the other younger, younger, younger girls in in chapters of a like mind with mm-hmm. her. So, like, Sansa gets the the visage of like beautiful knights. Like, she gets to see dudes who look like lords. Yeah, where she's surrounded by her brother, who we know looks like a crackhead, <laughs> Illyrio. He's the he's the greasiest milkiest sweatiest and then you get juror and it's like hey everything you told me about knights from my my country mm-hmm. which i want to get on that okay no i'm, I'm I, want, I want you to move it's, through this just because no, no, no. i, I, it's, I have it's a her different way like, of think, think hey, about it yeah you know i've heard of knights it's like they're supposed to be like gallon it's like this dude has like hair on his shoulders and that's a good know. point you bring up though i mean sorry were you finished or no, no I'm, I'm just saying i don't i don't know like I just think I don't know for for me like usually here's my thing I will take any opportunity to chop up Jorah for real for real because I think he's so whack like I don't know that's just my personal opinion please don't hate me I just I've never understood the appeal of Jorah Mormont I don't get it but um I think the difference between her and let's let's say a Sansa right is that at the moment Sansa is not in the same situation as Danny. Danny can't because here's my thing: by all intents and purposes, she does talk about how handsome Drogo is. Mm-hmm. She talks about that, like she's not really paying attention to like his blood riders or anybody else around. We could talk about if that's a cultural thing or if that's a she really is just afraid of all these new people. She's just in a whole different situation, so she don't really have the time to check. Even with her brother telling her stories of nights, nice, I never got the feeling that it was from a romantic standpoint. I just thought it was oh, always from like a, you say, hey, knights and like they're gorgeous and got like think but, about like the would way Would Viserys say that yeah, though? No. Th- yes, absolutely. No. Actually, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter you on that because you know who's who's the one knight she, he could always reference Rhaegar. That was beautiful and gorgeous and sweet and kind. It's Rhaegar. So if if there's anyone else that you could point to that is like the most knightly, like the version of a knight, like the dude who's on the box. Yeah. It's Rhaegar, and that's a, that's a knight, the dragon knight. I know, like, but don't you think it... I get where you're coming I mean, you from. I just feel from. like I don't think but also I at have the no... forefront of her mind is that, oh, this dude is ugly. And I don't even think it's ugly. I just think she's describing a dude... Like, he's not even in her... Once no, she's married. It's not about ro- romanticizing him. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think Danny has a lot of fun just chopping people up. And it's fun to do to drawer because he gives a he has a lot of Do you think that's chopping up or do you think she's just being honest? Like, oh, yo, no, I'm, I'm saying that's chopping the- because every time she brings him up, she has to talk about how bald this dude is. We got it. We got it the first time. Thank you. You're saying she, but maybe that's just a description. It could be. Is it a description I need every time they introduce drawer? Ask George. I'm going I'm I'm going to. <laughs> I'm gonna DM him tonight. <laughs> Hey George, why is Jorah bold? Why do you bring that up all the time? I mean, because you have to see the contrast again. Like, again, yeah, I, yeah, I get. So, in the sense of like, why is it important to bring up the contrast? 
when speaking about him. And then also like he's constantly just reminding us, hey, child, 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 child. When specifically we know where his intents will start to go concerning her. It's a little strange to me. It does make me uncomfortable. I get it. Well, like, that's why I said I'm not here caping for him. Oh, no. I, I know you're not caping for him at all. I'm just saying it's funny because I think it's more. I don't know if it's meant to be like, oh, are you disgusted by the fact that this really middle aged, balding knight that's clearly a man grown is eventually going to be lusting after this little tiny girl? Like, it's kind of weird. Not even kind of weird. It's very weird. It and, is. And it's mad disgusting. It is. Um, but like, But my whole thing with him is I'm just still so fascinated at the fact that he was able to, one, just... It, y'all are probably tired of hearing this, like I said, but I don't understand how it was so easy for him to now move to the front of, like, everything. Like, at this point, Illyrio has said, I am not taking a journey with y'all. Bon voyage. I hope y'all have a good time. My role here is done. Jorah did not take that to sit because, again, he has a job to do. But Viserys didn't question any of this because, of course, why would he? Danny's going to like to talk to him, like you said, because he speaks the common tongue. And Mm -hmm. I guess I just answered my own question, but it's just so funny to me that he's just like so comfortable, I guess. He's not even like pretending that he doesn't belong there. He's just like, I'm here and I should be here. I mean, and I'm going to, you know what I mean? That's what a good spy does. You blend in, you become blending in, but don't get too familiar. And he's becoming too familiar. His his problem is he's, he, he becomes enamored with his target. Well, that's what I'm saying. So he's getting too comfortable and it's too much for me. Also, this is not important really, but actually it is important because I want to talk about why Danny is able to kind of be so um, like why she gets so attached to him so easily because he has this wealth of knowledge that like, I don't know. I don't remember how long he's been banished. But this man said, like, he knows everything about the Dothraki Sea. That is not an easy journey to make. How many hordes has he been attached to? How many times has he visited Vice Dothrak? How many times has he made this journey? Because he said he didn't seen it in winter, spring, summer, and fall. So I'm just like, yo, like... Yeah, how? How, bro? Not only... He he name drops Vice Dothrak. He yes. name drops the the goes grass. Yes. He knows the different blooming seasons of of the flowers. All floor, all fauna. My all man of it. talks about a shy, like he knows it yeah. personally, and that is the wildest thing to me. And like, without wanting to look further ahead or just like read up on it, yep. I, I'm really hoping that the text gives me a direct reason yep. behind why this dude knows so much about a shy. Yep, the shadow binders, all of the like magic and mysticism that is saying, built up bro, around it because like, it's cool stuff. Why is that attached to Jorah? And how? How did he become such a fount of knowledge, right? And how couldn't, with all this knowledge, how has he not been able to scam his way back yet? Well, <laughs> that's my whole thing. Like, come on, bro. he's not good at it. But clearly he is because he's been everywhere. Like, I don't. I don't, I really don't get it. And it's it's one of those things of, I wonder if at some point him having this particular knowledge got him into the seat where he could be in a space to talk with Illyrio because at some point it had let, me, let me ask yeah when did he get the note from Viserys about Danny from Viserys or Varys or I'm saying Viserys yeah I meant Varys I'm sorry <laughs> I think we talked about this before and I think it's hard to say did it happen right when the say. wedding invitation went out no, because he was there before, there before he was there before Danny even met Dro- uh, Drogo. So he was at the man's. 
So he might have been like rolling with them in general. I don't know if maybe he's he the was one that with Illyrio? maybe he was rolling with Drogo and them before. And then he knew about Illyrio, who knew about Varys. And Drogo was like, look, I got not Drogo, sorry. Jorah was like, hey, I know this dude. I can kind of make this broker with you to get them to believe X, Y, and Z if you give me X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I guess for them, their scam, it makes them both more believable. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it's funny that sometimes Danny sees right through all of the That's things with Illyrio. But this particular chapter, she makes she makes an allusion to not understanding some just very basic stuff and that's the thing i don't understand what's her mental state like what is what is her mental state is she is she is she drifting in and out of memory because very clearly before when and we'll get to this at the end because um jorah does say something after an incident with viserys happens she talks about um you know she talked already with when viserys was like when sorry when illyrio had told the Saris that oh yeah the common people they're sewing secret dragon banners to you blah, blah blah and she knew then that was bullshit like she was just like yo <laughs> he's believing this shit he's stupid for believing that but then like later when Jorah brings it up and it's just like oh no she doesn't ask she tells him hey this is what's happening this is what's happening so speaking of which before we get into that I'm sorry did you want to keep because t- I have a through line I promise you no, I promise you I, I want to move my thing is, I just wanted to say what I wanted to say about Jorah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 kind of move on because I the more important thing was trying to figure out one what his positioning was. Yeah. How he got into that position. Yeah. How he had all that knowledge. Yeah. Which I'm hoping these are things that we'll learn. I always keep hating to say put a pen in yeah, it, but yeah. like genuinely, I really would like to know where that knowledge comes from. Yeah. yeah. Because how did he get adjacent to those things without mm-hmm. having more to show for it? Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is his fucked up nature related to gambling and not being able to manage his estate messed him up there but that's conjecture that's purely conjecture allegedly he was able to do so um but yeah. no 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 please what is what is your through line my through line i mean because i want to get around to again danny's changing ideas around again all of these people and and just what the end goal is in general because we start off the end goal is for her to marry this dude so the viserys can get an army so that they can go back to westeros and take over right yes it is beginning to change because as we're riding, we're riding along. Jorah's telling her all about these things. She's kind of upset because she was kind of promised that she would see some cool, cute little animals and she doesn't get to really see that. But she sees like the calmness and the sereneness of the, the grass. And she's just like, hey, I kind of tell all them to chill. I want to go and I want to have a moment to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's all. Um, which, by the way, again, if we're talking about the differences in and it, she, she, she understands that she comes from a place, not comes from a place. I mean, she does come from a place of privilege. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. But she also right now exists But like she didn't, she though. does. But right now, like she's starting to understand that she does have the power to kind of tell people when to do X, Y, and Z. Now, she doesn't have all of the power at all by any means. And she's oppressed in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. But she also does hold it. Like she has the power to tell people stop. Or go when I want you to. Yeah. And she does that. She's just like, yo, listen, they're going to have to stop for a second. Um, and George's like, okay. And so she goes off. She finds a little thing. And she can hear him already coming. She hears him already coming. She hears him. There's a direct quote. Because she hears him and she keeps going. Because she's like, I can't deal with it today. But direct quote goes, Danny realized that she did not want to listen to any of her brother's complaints right now. The day was too perfect. The sky was a deep blue. And high above them, a hunting hawk circled. 
The grass sea swayed and sighed with each breath of wind. The air was warm on her face, and Danny felt at peace. She would not let Viserys spoil it. And I can't think kind of sums it up after whatever it is that happened to her that day she had that dream. She's just like, I'm so tired of everything, specifically this dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't even stop to think about it. And yeah, she didn't want to deal. She kind of wanted her own deal. time to herself um, in her own space. She, She's starting to realize, because again, like I said, if she's starting to realize that she now can give commands to other people. She's starting to realize that in this situation, we're not in Westeros yet, bruv. We're on the Dothraki Sea. And here, I have more power than you. Here, you kind of are pitiful and pathetic. And I really don't have to listen to you. Like, she's still kind of fearful, and she still has some respect for him. She doesn't want him to be harmed, which we'll see in a minute. But she's starting to view him, and I, I think I wrote this in my notes. It's kind of like when you are a child and you view your, your parents as superhuman. But then mm-hmm. one day you grow up and you realize that they're just people. Yeah. And that's basically what is happening with Viserys here. Also, I thought the imagery of the hawk circling was pretty good mm-hmm. um, symbolism, just because, I mean... Usually when you see birds circling in the sky, that means something's yeah, dead. That's it. It's, it's carrying and something's dead. And I, and it, for me, it's just like it's the death of that trust and that like absolute faith that she had in Viserys to protect her, to just be like her rock and her. The pillar that held her life together was Viserys. Yeah. And everything that he said, even if she disagreed, like inwardly, she would never say that. And she will always kind of go with him. It's the death of that, like that hold he has on her. Also kind of foreshadowing the fact that in order for her to become who she has to become, yeah, Viserys cannot exist. He can't, he can't, he can't be, be here. So, um, it, and that gets in the yeah. way of once again that other version versioning of herself. Yep, that no longer aligns with allowing those things that that bring her harm, that mm-hmm. put her in danger's way. And it's like at a certain point, like she has to stop romanticizing so many things around her that are bringing her danger. Yeah, which is. It's interesting. We'll get into it in the end of the chapter yeah. when we start talking about Drogo, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's the one caveat that exists there. Of course. Um, but yeah, I if, if we're we're just gonna talk about this, it's okay. Viserys shows up. Yeah. And and he's on he's on 10. He gets off the horse and he stumbles and he's like, How dare you, you wench, you nasty, word, 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 nasty, nasty, whatever mm-hmm. they're calling John's. Mm-hmm. In Essos, that's what he's calling her. Yep. And he's like, how dare you? I'm the dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you forgot. It's like, it's like Drake lyrics all the time with him. He's just, a, he's so sad and nothing is ever going oh, his way. You think he's the Drake of Westeros? I have my own I mean, nominee for Drake of Westeros. Well, he's the Drake of Essos. What is, what is, what is that the equivalent Vis- of? Viserys would be... Oh, I sh- we should we could do like we a little mini yeah, of should, like, like, like like Westeros and Essos of his hip hop of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think he's not Drake. Okay. He's not Drake. Well, then Drake, I'll Drake, to- Drake has more care about his own personal appearance and being than Viserys does. Viserys is Meek Mill. No, no. Is he the Meek cares about himself too? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to get back on that. But no, he ain't Drake. Okay. Either he way, Drake. He is. He's out here, and that's and not he's... even me came for Drake. I'm just saying he's not Drake. No, no, no. I got you. He has yay energy. He does have yay energy. Yeah. But. You want to talk about House of the Dragon. Jeez. That's what I mean. He okay. has yay energy. But so, not quite yay. Because again, I think yay would never let himself yeah, like no. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Said, no, no, no. Because I, I I did that. And, and that's my fault for, for even <laughs> going down that 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 path. Um, knowing what you know. Um, yeah. 
he's here and he is like, I'm going to be heard. You can't do this to me. I'm not, I'm not here for it. And goes into old Viserys mode. Yo, remember, sorry, but like, remember when he told her to like, look at herself and she's, you want to talk about clowning? And she's literally, so, and I do have a direct quote if you want me to read it. I don't have to. It's not super important, but I just thought it was funny that like, he's just like going off and telling her to look at herself and like how she's dressed. And yeah, really, actually just, read the quote because I, I think it I think it really, really fits. Because she starts chopping him up. So yeah, he's going off. He's just like, yeah, look at you. Look at you. You look a mess, blah, blah, blah. She's, it says, Danny did not need to look. She was barefoot with oiled hair, wearing Dothraki riding leathers and a painted vest given her as a bright gift. She looked as though she belonged here. Viserys was soiled and stained in city silks and ring mail. And yeah, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it's in this moment, and and we talked a little bit about it at the top of the episode, uh-huh. talking about Daenerys's mental state. I, yeah. I feel like a part of that mental state is also the physicality that comes around with Danny 2.0 and and needing to be in this space where she's starting to feel more confident and comfortable. Yeah, of course. In this space, a part of that is assimilating to the the mores, the values, and the cultures of of those who are around her. A lot of that is in the way that they're dressed. You're. It is. I'm pointing at no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm pointing at you because I'm like, agreeing. I'm just like, yo, that's and I think that's the difference between them because this new Danny is understanding that in order to survive, you have to adapt, which is a very important lesson. I think a lot of the women in this yeah, series learn. I feel like all of them have had to have, you have some to adapt. version of that so far in what yeah. we've read. Yeah, and she's just like, this is what I have to yeah. do. To and survive. Viserys is just because again, he's he just like he's uses. He was raised to think that he was the one. He was going to be the answer to their legacy. He was going to be the savior of the Targaryen dynasty. He he doesn't think that he has to change. No, he's not thinking with his mental mind That's not that you catch more him. bees with honey than with vinegar he don't think about that or is it flies it's both actually Something. i've heard people say both but either way she's just like long game you're not ever going to get these people to to do anything for you and 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 also I, I don't think it's at this point it's definitely that she's like well i need them to do x y and z for me i think she definitely does want to feel a sense of belonging and that's a big thing when she says she belonged here she just like, hey, I have a place somewhere. Yeah, where's It's not yours? with you. Because every single time when I'm with you, we don't have no place to be. I finally am kind of in a place where it's, it's it's rough for me. It's not my favorite place in the world, but I'm starting to find my yeah, footing. And it's starting to feel like mine. Yeah. As opposed to the world that you were trying to build up for me. Yeah. That you didn't, you're not contributing to at this point any longer. Hmm. So I don't really like, what is your, to me, this is her questioning what is his purpose here What's his now. Purpose? What's his use? So he goes into Viserys mode. He's like dragon, 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 filling all up under her, yep. pinching on her again. And I'm like, dog, first off, you need a new move. You need to stop assaulting your sister. First off, yeah. stop assaulting your sister. Like it wasn't cute when y'all were kids and y'all didn't have nothing. It wasn't cute when y'all at Illyrio's and didn't have anything. It's not cute here when you still don't have anything of your own. And I feel like yeah. he's still living on credit. And <laughs> he's going to remain living on credit. He's going to always be on credit. And his sister is just like, yo, you are lucky to even be here. And she's just like, dog, get away from me and pushes him. Yep. Viserys is so taken aback by mm-hmm. what's happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've never, no one's ever, who would dare? Yeah. How could you? And it's like, I'm, I guess I'm blind rage dragon mode activated. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy her. Yeah. At which point mm-hmm. it's 
Jogo shows up, right? Yeah, because he's getting all like hype. And I'm guessing that Jorah had known that she went there and Jorah had known that Viserys had gone ooh, after. And ooh. Jorah probably... Side quest. What? Jorah did this. Yeah. And I, this is, I don't love it because all it does to me is reveal more of the snake-like nature of Jorah. Yeah. But straight up says, like, yo, I was talking with Viserys and there's nothing that that could have stopped him from going. It's like, no, dog, you physically, literally. Ah, but that's a question I have either. So wait, have. wait, before we do this. So before we, before we, if so you don't mind. Going to the Jogo stuff so, so Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want. No, I no, just, no, I do. I just don't want to no, lose hold that on, thread. Hold on to that thread because that's a point I wanted to make, actually. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Jogo does come up. in because, again, like you said, I think I'm pretty sure that Jorah knew where Danny was. Viserys probably came up to Jorah asked. He didn't stop Viserys from going, but he probably went and got Jogo or whoever, mm-hmm. like whatever so like, white horse rider was follow. close enough. Hey, yo, follow. She ends up coming up. And I know that uh, Jogo, he comes up, he snaps his whip and catches yeah. Viserys like in his neck and like is holding him, basically choking him out until Viserys, or sorry, until Daenerys gives the go ahead to do X, Y, and Z. And somewhere along the way, Eerie ends up there too. It's Eerie or Jikli? It was Eerie. Eerie. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was eerie. Actually, let me double check on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was definitely eerie. And they're all there waiting for Daenerys' command. She's just like, all right, cool, cool, chill, whatever. Don't hurt him. But he's not getting his horse back. And for those who don't know, if a man in a Kalasar cannot ride, he's not considered a man. So he's basically going to be ridiculed and forced to walk behind the caravan as they they go so it's just like he's gonna be with the feeble and the the children and the women folk so i think that there's something really good to point out here um and i'm gonna read this as a direct quote okay um as a way to show how daenerys is is kind of looking at at viserys now yeah yeah he lay on the ground sucking in air noisily red-faced and sobbing he was a pitiful thing he'd always been a pitiful thing why had she never seen that before? There was a hollow place inside her where her fear had been. And I feel like that's it. Yep. Like that, that is honestly the best encapsulation right there of what we've been seeing of Daenerys's transformation from the absolute terror that she lived in around when it came Viserys, to him. when it came to Viserys mm-hmm. to now Danny 2.0 feeling as though. I don't have to hold on to this anymore, but also still feeling like there's a part of her that is still so, so in need of reaching out to someone still so similar to herself. Yeah. And it, and it pains her to have to feel that way about, you know, her brother. Like this is her of only course, other because relative. I mean, that's her only relative. And she's still, again, she doesn't want him harmed yeah. because again, she does still have that bond. He's the, he's the person she's known the longest in her life period that's her only family that she knows of. but she has to punish him you know of course she does and she's just like you can't keep getting away with it like i can't do it let me ask you this is this age causing this change is it trauma causing this change or is it a mixture of both like is this her becoming wiser oh it's definitely a mixture or, of both okay 100%. and, and uh, i'm because i'm like, on that as, too as, i just i like older, to always posit that, that yeah but- this is also, hey, guess what? We've been riding for a few months and like I've started to get the real yeah. without you interfering in that. She talks a lot about in the chapter, mm-hmm. like how she goes out of her way to avoid him yeah. when she can. Yep. And it's like, I like to be kind of like by myself. 
whenever I get the opportunity. She also seeks him out because she she was saying, well, she well actually maybe she's not seeking him out. Maybe he's bothering her when she said that she'll have to she'll see like sup with like she'll have dinner with him and George. Guess what? Those are other people who speak common, and we can still talk about stuff even if he's annoying and only wants to talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. You'll still talk to him because okay cool well he has stuff to talk about he's right somebody yeah. he's somebody i'll talk to him all right that's cool gotcha. not knocking housewives of atlanta just that's viserys's twist not danny's i don't even think viserys would watch that either oh no he would you know who would whose favorite show that would be oh Varys. yes actually yeah it's Varys's because it's also cersei's they're best friends they're best friends anyway, anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we, we, no so what i was saying is i wanted to go back to what your jorah point was because again we go and we see that now jorah has also switched his allegiances mm-hmm. so when you're saying things like oh you thought it was petty that he would like you know let him kind of like go into where he knew that he was going to set him up to be kind of choked up he knew it so my question then is like i understand that that jorah's whole role there is to cause dissension right what I don't understand is if he's there to spy on them and eventually cause their demise, would it not make more sense to be more ingratiated and closer to Viserys? It would be, but you also eventually figure out where your bread's buttered and anyone could see the writing on the wall that Viserys is not the ticket to, you know, the cho- the chocolate factory. It's it's Daenerys at this point. And even if not what in was name and looking power. looking to gain from her other than nasty stuff well that's what i'm saying at, at some point it turned from the because if the, if the original plan was for them to be killed anyway well that changed for him and at a certain point it, it hasn't yet and you'll see you'll see it hasn't yet okay well then let me let me not no no, no but no no but i agree that i agree with your, what you're saying i was just wondering like let me not block your shine let me let me let me hear what you had to say <sighs> i think it's let me let me start off by giving you a direct quote. So right after Viserys gets yoked up and Danny goes to talk to Jorah about the situation and kind yeah. of like the events of, of what just transpired. Yeah. She goes, Sir Jorah, do you think he'll be so angry when he gets back? She shivered. I woke the dragon, didn't I? Sir Jorah snorted. Can you wake the dead girl? Your brother Rhaegar was the last dragon, and he died on the trident. Viserys is less than the shadow of a snake. I feel like right there, he tells me everything that I need to know. One, about his state, his stake in Viserys.org, his belief in Daenerys, if not just misplaced, but um, like fake, it's still there. And he's starting to sow those seeds of dissent because it's important for him to do that like publicly facing yeah, yeah he doesn't have to worry about the retribution of someone like viserys because right now no one in the Kalisar is going to back him up because uh, at this point and she had already said much like they're talking about it by the time he gets there tonight everyone in the Kalisar is going to know like that's all over twitter yeah oh yo viserys got yoked up oh my gosh i can't believe yo did you know that he tried to mm, he's nasty nobody's gonna mess with him yeah, so yeah at this point jor knows that he can he can kind of push the envelope mm-hmm. because at worst, Daenerys goes, well, that's my brother and you can't speak about him like that. 
and that shuts it down and he knows that he can't press that button at least for a little bit yeah but because she kind of like relents yeah to that and goes like well here let me press you more yeah. about why you're saying that and like how you could say that because it's like didn't you swear your sword to my brother it's like i did but i kind of understand what's going on here and it's like well one he can't assault you and can't hurt you to her it's more important like her own personal her own like personal vested safety. interest in, in safety yeah. is paramount so it's like all he has to do is play into hey you're important too ma you ever think about that no i didn't think about that and, and not then, even so much that you're important but he brings up the brother that like you said earlier they both kind of idolize and deify right yeah also which here is we go. weird because i'm pretty sure that when Rhaegar died during the rebellion Jorah was fighting for the North, who was on the opposite side. So I want to know. Why would he cape and care about? Once again, he's telling these people, he's just gaslighting. He's telling them everything that they need to hear. He's like, he knows some magical truths about the world and he can pepper that in with the other stuff. Of course. That's not so real. Um, And I think it's, I think it's just very important to not lose like sight of what Jorah is doing right now at this moment. Right. And it's funny because I think we kind of, we kind of talked about it earlier when we talked about like her shifting. And I said, I wanted to come back to it, her shifting opinion on like her opinion on how much bullshit people feed to her brother and how much of it she believes. Yes. And there's a, there's a point in which she does come to him when he's talking about Rhaegar being the last dragon, when he's talking about, you know, your, your brother will never be able to do X, Y, and Z. He's not going to be a good King. Do you think he'll be a good King? And Mm -hmm. she'll combat it with, you know, well, the people in King's Landing love my brother and they're they're doing X, Y, and Z. And he has a direct quote in here in which he he gives it a kind of the real, which is again, and if you want to manipulate people, you always pepper a little bit of the truth into a, a lie, right? Yes. So George says, the common people pray for rain, healthy children, and a summer that never ends, Sir Jorah told her. It is no matter to them if the High Lords play their Game of Thrones, so long as they are left in peace. He gave a shrug. They never are. And it's something that's interesting for two reasons to me. Mm-hmm. One, one being, like I said, him just kind of being like, hey, forget about him. I'm not worried about him. You shouldn't be worried about him. Let's move on kind of thing. Because again, in so many words, he doesn't directly, like you said, he doesn't directly say, start thinking about yourself is important. But it's kind of implied that he's just like, hey, your brother's not it. And if your brother's gone, you got to start thinking about what's going to happen. If he's not here, who's left is you. He doesn't say those words, but it starts to get her. And I want to start talking about like how she starts to now think about and view herself. Okay. But then also, I want to think about that quote in relation to how that's going to affect how Danny views taking over Westeros later. And and if she if she goes back to what it is that he told her about the common people really not caring who it is that sits there. Because she's just like, well, you know, it never occurred to her that the small folk wouldn't care who rules over them because they would love their king. They should love their king. But as we know, again, I've said it so many times, we are dealing with a portrait of the 1% for the most part. And all of these people are so far removed from everyday interactions with small folk, pretty much. And the little bits of interactions you do get is not always the best. And it never ends well for the small folk in question. So... Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to see how Danny, the more she gains power, the more she moves through her journey. Because again, I don't remember, it's been so long since I've read these chapters, specifically Danny's POV, that um, I, I just wonder if she does really take that into consideration. Because I, I do remember a lot of Danny's intents being well intended, 
But I do also remember her having, like all of them do, is not exclusive to Danny, but I do remember her having this sense of entitlement because of, you know, who her father was and what her name is and all these things. And it's just like she doesn't, like, and kind of going like off subject a little bit, kind of still on subject, like we kind of were reading Fire and Blood a little bit Mm -hmm. as well. And Aegon didn't take over because, and I think at some point, at least in the show, somebody does say this to her, like, hey, Aegon didn't take over because he had a name. He took it over because he had dragons and that that was what he wanted to do. And if that's what you want to do, then that's cool. But it cannot be because you think that you are owed this. Like, it has to be because you want to do this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, again, food for thought. I just wonder if that would stick with her. Because, again, it, it, it does boil down to the fact that, like, the people that are going to be governed very rarely have a choice in who governs them mm-hmm. in this world. So, and they don't care so long as they're fed and they're happy. And, but so many times the people in charge do not care if they're happy and fed. They don't care because their, their personal issues are the only thing that matters, which brings me into another thing that I really wanted to talk about, unless you had something else that you would like to talk about. No, cause I feel like that. that, that kind of like, that parlays right into the next section of this chapter, which is her going off yes. and and kind of getting ready for her evening. For her right? evening, yes, it does. I just remember something though. No, go Would ahead. You allow me this note because I yeah. kind of want to talk about um when after Jorah tells Danny this, she says, "Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think Sarah is ever going to take us home," and she starts thinking of home. And her idea of home has switched now or shifted. The first two chapters, anytime Danny has mentioned home, specifically to combat Viserys' idea of home, which is him taking over the Seven Kingdoms again and crowning himself the King of Westeros. Her idea of home has been the house with the red door. It's always been the house with the red door. This is the first time that Danny ever mentions the home, her home specifically being the Red Keep, mm-hmm. specifically being Dragonstone, specifically being Westeros. Yeah. And she's just because I think maybe in her head it has shifted to again like i think jorah's little mind tricks or whatever worked and i don't even say mind tricks but like whatever he was saying to her made her look at things in a different way and it made her say hey yeah you know what it ain't viserys maybe it's me because now she's saying all the doors are red on the red key yeah i don't know what that place looks like but that's my goal now her goal space her space and her goal is Mm -hmm. now not just to go back to that very simple house that she remembers but it is now to go to Westeros and maybe it's not her direct goal, but that is specifically what she's calling home and what she does feel in her heart is where she should be. Yes. So yeah, I thought that was mad interesting. As no, well. very much so. And I'm glad that you didn't let me let you. Gloss I was going to forget that. about it, man. No, I was just like, Oh yeah, that's it's wild. funny. Cause that was like my next highlighted quote, Yeah, but it's like, Oh no. Um, Do you we- want to say the quote? You know, we love quotes on this show. No, no, no. When I say, like, highlighted quote, I mean, like, quote from myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in my notes. I probably <laughs> should have just said, hey, that was a note. Anyway, she goes off. She's like, I'm leaving. And it's like, all right, cool. Have a good day. Hey, have a good day. She didn't get nobody at the time. She literally wrote off, said that by the time she came back, it was dark. People were making their Viserys jokes. And she comes back and she's in her tent and she is getting now one thing we haven't really uh, like talked about in length is the fact that she has been really doubling down on her feelings for these dragon's eggs and like Mm -hmm. her her calling towards them and like how she's been feeling them like she's been feeling like heat emanate off of them and I remember there was at one point she goes to 
the largest, the black egg with the the red swirls that we all know becomes Drogo or Drogon, sorry. Uh, and she realizes that like something like them being in the sun all day, like them as they're traveling, them being in the heat, it does something to them and mm-hmm. it calls something to them. So she's like really, really excited about it. So as she's getting ready for her evening, she's getting bathed and, you know, she's dirty and whatnot. So she has her three handmaids who are Eerie, Jigui, and Dorea, as we talked about before. Um, and she's just asking them all different kinds of questions yeah. about dragons, which is a cute little conversation. But it also just got me to thinking, because again, this podcast is to kind of reflect on female relationships and just female identities in this world. And it just dawned on me because I'm I'm trying to get any little bits of, it's kind of like how we pull out anything about Nan when we hear anything about Nan. Mm-hmm. I want to pull any little thing I can about these three. And we get a little bit of things that I hadn't pulled out before. Yeah. Um, And before we talk about the conversation that they have, I kind of want to, if you would be okay with it, uh, talk about what we have learned thus far. Like, what do we know about these three? Yeah, I definitely would like to, because you brought up something real cool off mic that I think points to a very different styling of relationship that I think, Danny has in general with those around her. Um, it says as much as like when she gets to the tent, you know, she hands off silver um, to to her slaves. And that's a thing that that's a relationship that they don't go further into, at least not at the, the end of this chapter. Yep. But then, you know, Aaron Jeek, we're here and something, you know, you bring up, mm-hmm. I think is really cool. So and I got this quote um, from the book just because I this actually made me think about specifically Irian Jiku in a very different way. Um, not a different way, but actually, yeah, I yeah, will say it, a different, a different way. way. And and I hate the fact that, like, it's something that I had to. I've always been, like, interested just in Danny's relationships with the women and girls around her in general because I feel like that's not really highlighted a lot, specifically before we get to her being introduced to and, like, her... Why is the first word that came into my head acquired? I hate that. I hate that because I was just like, oh, when she acquired... Masande. And I meant it more so as like an ally, but yeah, you had the right of it. That's a whole nother it's thing. A that's thing. a whole nother thing. But anyway, um, Jiqui and Eerie were of an age with Danny. Dothraki girls taken as slaves when Drogo destroyed their father's Kalasar. Dorea was older, almost 20. Magis- Magister Illyrio had found her in a pleasure house in Lys. So we've we've been knew that Dorea was from Lise. We've been knew that she was um, a prostitute. She was a sex worker that both Illyrio and Viserys grossly described as having broken in mm-hmm. or tested out whatever you would like to to call it. Either way, it's gross and nasty. We knew that. I did not, however, know that Dorea was older than all the rest of the girls because at this point we know that Danny's thirteen. What I also didn't know because I remember asking. I said that. I wonder how old Erin Jiqui mm-hmm. were the first time when we talked about them being made gifts to Danny at her wedding. And they're of an age with her. So I would peg them from anywhere from 12 to 15. Yep. Um, what was interesting to me is that it mentioned that Drogo had captured them. And it says their father's Kalasar, which one, they're possibly sisters. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that before. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So that's Nancy Drew one. That's really cool. Two, it's when 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 the quote says their father and their father's Kalazar, to me that means that they their father was a cow. 
and that they which means are, that they are basically princesses. Like you know, yep. what I mean, they're the daughter of a king, and but because their father was is very and their father was defeated, so now they're taken as yeah, slaves. They were property, and it's it's insane to me because it's. I think we get a lot of description of Dorea. Um, like he he goes out of his way to really kind of really paint Dorea and like like their relationship. Even though Danny still lets it be known later that hey we're not friends, kind of because mm-hmm. Dorea goes, you know, I'm so honored that you would like to talk to me in private. And she's like, it's it's your job, basically. You know what I mean? Um, and we can talk about whether or not that's rude or whatever mm-hmm. in a minute, or that's just the culture of it. But the fact that Eri and Jiqui are so much closer to being like Daenerys, but they're kind of usually the ones that people talk about less. Like, it's very, it's strange to me because they are princesses that were ripped from their homeland. Their father was a king who was killed. Their birthright was stripped away from them and they are forced to now live in a place with strange people that are not their own and they're forced now to kind of be slaves to people and they're doing this against their will. Yeah. So, and it's very close to Danny. And I, I wonder how much of it, obviously if she's reflecting on this, Danny knows because she's talked, she has had to have, have talked to them or talked I mean, to she them. She definitely talks to them because one is the language coach and the other teaches her to ride. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, it's just the idea that like, I wonder if the, the thoughts of how similar they are bring her any comfort. Maybe or if, they, if or if or if they or if they feel comfortable in talking to her, but then again, what is that relationship like? And again, we talk about layers and levels of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. We see this from Danny's point of view, so we know that Danny's going through a hard time. But then you hear stories like that and like things that are happening with Dorea, because just because Dorea is now the property of, and I'm saying this in air quotes, because how can human? I mean, we know how. I'm not even getting into it, but she's the property of Daenerys now. That doesn't mean I think that Viserys has stopped accosting her. It doesn't no. mean that the men in the Kalasar. We don't know even if the men in the Kalasar bother Eri and Jiku. Mm-hmm. We don't know because once again, what they're doing point, to these girls. They see them as property. Yeah. And, um, and less than. And it's just very interesting to me because I would just I would love so much more about these relationships. Because it's 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 hard because on on the one hand, she's their boss, she's their owner for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. She is their queen, she, if Daenerys was a certain type of person and she was cruel and she wanted to do things, she could hurt them. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying she, she wants to, I'm saying like, she has, that's, the that's the, she has the power so. to do yeah. so. Um, but they're all children of, of the same age. And it's kind of very similar to how we talked about Arya with Micah mm-hmm. or Joffrey with Micah or any, any of those because things. She can and she doesn't have to think about and it. And she doesn't have to think about it. And it's just, it's very, it's very, it's it's crazy because they're all kids. And again, Dorea is she's an adult from our point of view, but she's still a young girl. And she's still, let's be honest, has probably been at this since she was probably younger than Irijiqui and Danny are now. Mm-hmm. And this is the only life she knows. Yeah. And it's just very sad to think about. And I think I thought it was cute. It was almost it's weird because, again, you have you cannot think about how adorable their conversation about dragons is. And like, it's like, oh, it's like a little cute little sleepover, but you can't erase the circumstances in which they're in. Like, yeah, it's cute for, like you're reading on a surface level. It's very adorable. It's like, okay, cool. I, mean, I think that- For overall, even that conversation re- reeks of the privilege that even Dorea feels 
over Eri and Jiqui because it's kind of like, hey, guess what? We'd have our own mores and values that mm-hmm. and our, our legends that tell us, hey, here's kind of what we thought of mm-hmm. with the dragons mm-hmm. and where they come from mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of what that means in relation to our lifestyles. Mm-hmm. There is just like that. Don't make no sense. See, I actually see it opposite. I actually see it opposite only because I don't think she's the one that said it doesn't make any sense. She was just like, well, I heard in this place, X, Y, and Z, this happens. They tell her, oh, you're a stupid, straw-headed slave. You're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. Moon is no egg. It is no You're right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not no, saying no, no. that that's right. But again, they, they're all kind of clashing with each other as people do when they're in yeah, little proximity close and- proximity and like you're having little spats with your homies because you know it is what it is but it's also again it then drives home because danny's trying to take in all this information um and at first what i thought was danny being like well i'm gonna take Dorea's word over eerie and jeek it was mostly just like yo no i actually have another task for you i need you to teach me how to do x y and z because i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta beat drogo at his own game i can't have this keep happening you gotta teach me how to do this so it's time to talk about drogo so it's time to talk about drogo okay and Dorea tells her that and that's when danny kind of tells her she's like you know and she doesn't tell her she thinks it but it's just like you know this girl's basically telling me that it's an honor for me to be teaching you and i'm like it's that's your job homie but cool and i'm even in that i'm, I'm i don't know if danny meant it as in like yeah she had to do that or as if like you know well that's what they basically bought you for so don't thank me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a choice in this no more than you do. I didn't so. really ask for it, but thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's again it's sad all around, but I I do see that they're they 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 try to kind of make a normal a little normal uh conclave amongst them. As as normal as they can, is and as balanced as they can, given the fact that one of them is their boss and their queen and can do whatever she wants, really. And I'm not saying that she does, I'm just saying that she could and they don't know that she won't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just it. And that's all. It's like if your boss invites you out to like have beers and drink, you're not going to still you're still not going to be yourself. They no. might have all the good intentions in the world, you but can, you, you, can you can never, never. be yourself. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm a black man. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Yeah. And you can only get out of but so many of them <laughs> before you have to. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, it looks like I I got a, a a text. It looks like my wife is in danger. I must go. <laughs> I must away. <laughs> you are so silly. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about Drogo. Do you want to talk about it in 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 terms of where we start with the Danny Drogo? I'm air quoting relationship, but I mean it the, is a relationship. Like there is a person she has communication and a connection. They don't to. communicate. She's married. I mean, they don't communicate. They don't verbally don't play communicate. It. They don't communicate. They don't verbally communicate, but they do. I, I'm not. I, ne- I never said it was good. I never said it was good. You can have a relationship with someone who's abusive to you. You can. Yeah, you sure can. It's not good. I know that. So no, I just. I mean, yeah. So I think what I said in the beginning is let's talk about how when we see her begin to describe how hard it was at first when Drogo did nothing, but ignore her all day and then basically at the crack of dawn come in rape her so bad that she was bruised crying and wanting to kill herself to her deciding hey my brother's really not going to do anything i kind of got to do something for myself also understanding let's think about this because we won't wait to the end to reveal that what she does essentially is go to dorea 
tell her that, hey, I need a way to kind of control this sexual situation the best that I can for mm-hmm. myself. Yes. And I think I believe that she had all the intentions of trying to get pregnant right then. It's weird. It's horrible to think about it, but I, I don't know. Combat me on that, but I think that that's what it was. Because she specifically says that everything of importance that Dothraki do under the night sky. And she she goes and like she's like, for the first time, you know, they go and she pulls him outside in front of everyone and they have sex. Yeah, no, no, no. They, so, it's, it's measured. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's definitely measured. And it's it's another way to kind of insulate herself from some of that abuse. At least I'd like to hope so. Do you think, though, that was her intention, though? When she says, like, because... At this point, again, we're talking about Danny as a person who holds on to the idea of destiny and I don't know, what's the word? Not destiny. Uh, prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Prophecy. And she believes in all those things. If she believes that it is important for her to do a thing outside of what is she doing? It's not just the act of sex. It's the act of creating life, probably. Because also at the end, when her homies are around her and I say homies, I need to stop saying it. like her hammies around her and they're telling her, Hey lady, I think you're pregnant. Like, and she's like, y'all I already know. And it's directly after that scene. It's because I, I personally think that she had intended for that. Yeah, to happen. It is a power dynamic. It's a power move. And she's like, if I can control the way in which this happens to me, at least that's yeah, something that's that, something I that I she has control over and, she and she's that. choosing to do. And that, and that I, I respect a lot more. Than it being the the very sweet and and almost the very romantic way Ugh. that it's kind of painted in in the show, almost like, well, here here's what I'm gonna do, and like they there's a mixture of like <clears throat> that sexual intent and pleasure mixed with a a sincere belief that what she's doing is going to cause a direct change in the way that she's being viewed. And scene like this in front of the Kalasar, the way that, that it's done, at mm-hmm. least here in the book, um, that scene definitely reeks of her understanding of what that does, what that means to do that there in front of those people, and also to give her kind of more space to be more forthcoming with Drogo, I think. Obviously not through words, but more so through action. Because Perhaps. that's the way that she's been communicating with him. It's always but that's, been and that's what I mean. So that's, the, and that's what I'm the saying. Only, the only agree, communication that they have had is, is this. Is their physical interaction. I still think it's gross. And I still think that it's written in a way that I don't agree with. I don't, Son, I don't the think. The chapter ends with her saying, yo, I'm pregnant. I turned 14. That's the last line of the chapter. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's. Why? We can get there. <laughs> we there. And it was literally her birthday. No, I want to talk about this, the, the actual act itself, just because like, and again, it's it's uncomfortable to talk about. It is. I don't really want to harp on it too long because it's un- uncomfortable for me to talk about. But I could see a child victim of abuse thinking that this is an empowering moment. I still think that it's there's no way, shape or form that you could ever write this as a good thing. Also, Obviously the idea not. that like he's like screaming her name and that it's never just, happened. I need I need to see the tapes. I need to see the tapes. Ew. No, <laughs> I just mean I'm that that is not. No, don't and don't isolate that audio. I mean so much in that, like, in what world does anyone ever believe one that he would say her name two know what her name is three be able to say it in common four 
I mean, a name is a name. You you teach a name like a word, like it's a word. Yeah, I know, but does he know it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he'd be thinking about her like that. I mean, maybe. Again, but again, I don't think here's he the thing about her. Okay. Other than the thing is, let let we can talk about what we think based on the evidence that we're picking out, but we can also talk about intent. I think it's intended for us to believe that he does feel that way about her. He just is unable to show his love or anything else like that because he's not either advanced enough to do that because we can talk about that 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 yeah part of it or because he's a man and men just don't show emotions that way right because that's what we we have to believe so again i think the intent is to for us to truly believe that these two consenting adult people are outside making love on their own accord and i just i don't believe that i don't know that one's an adult one is an adult one One is a 13 year old child who on her 14th birthday is like yeah you know what i'm pregnant and it's just like uh it broke my heart yeah, it really did. It does. Um, and I just where where do you see Danny at the end of this? Like what what does this benefit her in relation to how she deals with Drogo moving forward? It's weird because I don't think any I think the difference and I think the change here is that she just starting to think about it differently. I don't really think it changes at all, probably. I don't know. Again, we'll have to see. Yeah. I I think that for her, again, like I said, if she's starting to now think less of Viserys, she's by default thinking more of herself, but then also looking at Drogo as a means to an end, really. At least that's how I'm kind of mm-hmm. taking it. I no. don't know if that's the intent. I don't know if that's the intent. I don't know if now she's just like, well, my intent is to love him and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to be completely honest. I think on the one hand, I think the show handled it very well in on the on the front end like i think that the wedding night there was handled better than in the books just because it kind of was very like it was graphic but it was what it was but then i think the longer that she spends with drogo in my mind from what i remember i don't remember it ever being touted as a romance i remember that by the time danny gets to karth and by the time she meets dario drogo is not even somebody she's thinking about Mm -hmm. at all so the idea that Drogo was the love of her life yeah. in the show just had never made sense to me. It never tried. It's never made sense. It's It doesn't. So again, for me, it's just like, well, if I have to be here, I have to find, I have to find a way for myself. I have to be able to endure, right? I have to be able to endure and I have to make this as much my under my control as I can. She understands that like Drogo holds the power. She understands those things, but she also is trying to, it's very indicative of what we're going to see with Sansa, specifically how Cersei tries to teach Sansa. It's very backwards. It's mm-hmm. very muddled. It's very, it's not good, yeah. but it is the way that Cersei was taught. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, as a woman, you don't have these powers. And the first thing they teach you is just like, what's the woman's great? Other than tears, your sexuality is the best weapon that you have to defend yourself against men. And Daenerys is learning this. Mm -hmm. And also, we're also going to start to understand that women, we talked a little bit about this with Kat, you may not have power yourself, but if you have a son, you can kind of wheel power through him. Yeah. Okay. So that's, these are all calculated measures to to put her in a position. And it's sad because again, it's hard to think that a a 13 year old child would even be having these thoughts, but it's the situation in which she's in. And 
is wild. And it's, it's crazy because I had the thought and I even had the question. I think we wrote this down. Like, does this change the power dynamic? Because I hear so many people being like, yeah, well, you know, she took control and then she's on top. And and now they have an equal relationship. No, I don't think this changes the power dynamic at all. I just think a single thing. It changes her approach to yeah. how she deals. with. And it, it. also changes the I- idea around him saying like, hey, that's that's like the equivalent of like, hey, like that's the mother of my child. Of like, course, yeah. Like that's the exciting part yeah. for him. It's like, yeah. hey, there's a son in there. Yeah. Good job. You you did it. Yeah. <laughs> you can have my son. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all. So I we end this week yeah. kind of the same way we end every week with Daenerys, with me just feeling like I I would like for her to be safe. Yep. And I'm hoping that she reaches across and puts that pillow over his face sooner rather than later wow um are you more upset you think with drogo than with like viserys or jorah or anybody else uh right Illyrio still at the top no i mean it's it's weird like they all have like different levels of scummy yeah uh drogo's is is a very direct in in, in for me a more violent mm-hmm. showing of of that aspect mm-hmm. um he he sits up there viserys mm-hmm. at this point has become such a a non-entity mm-hmm. But he's also been the one over her entire life that's contributed to this. He has the this. most intent. He and definitely I will say has this, the most I'm not intent. excusing Drogo's actions. I'm not even saying, like I said, I call it what it is. Like he's basically, he's raping that girl. Yeah. Um, All the time. And just because this time she kind of convinced him to chill out, don't mean that he's, yeah, that didn't you know change what I mean? It didn't change all anything. the other times. But I also don't think that most men in this world think about sex as something that should be pleasurable for the woman. I think that it's all about the man. So I don't, this is not an excuse. What I'm saying is I don't think his intent is to be like, yo, I'm hurting her. Even though like with our modern lens, it's just like one, why are you a almost 30 year old man trying to even attempt to do that to a child? That's nasty. Second of all, you not even perceptive enough to fe- to realize that she's crying and trying to to not cry. I mean, you can't hide cr- so much crying. You know what I mean? You can't. You can see that you're bruising her. You can see these things. But with Viserys, it's like such a uh, it's it's a, a deliberate, deliberate intention yeah, to hurt her and evil. harm her and humiliate her. And that's, it's just like very evil. He's wag, and I just and here's the thing: me calling him wag does not. It doesn't mean that I don't understand why he is the way he is. I just don't like it. Like yeah, I just and I feel, again, to. do I feel bad for his situation? A part of me does, but I feel worse for Danny. So yeah, and yeah. I care more for Danny. So yep. I don't. <laughs> and, and that's that's kind it. Of, that's it. That's it. So once again, we've ended another week. We did at ten. Yay! Next week we're going to be here with with our girl Cat. Cat. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how these chapters. Uh, kind of reflect into one another and mm-hmm. see what we get out of out of cat next week mm-hmm. um i feel like it's very important to say um you know i just want to thank everyone for listening yep. as they do every week um it's another one of those compelling reasons to continue to have this conversation you know through our lenses and and, and sometimes i think we don't spend enough time kind of really thinking about that like why this is so important mm-hmm. um but another thing that I'd like to not lose light of, um, you know, last week we talked a little bit at the top of the show about what was going on in, you know, North America, where we are. Um, and in light of kind of not losing traction on that and, and making sure that, you know, this fight isn't just a one week fight. It is a long standing and forever fight. You got to kind of keep the same energy 
but it's very important to make sure that, you know, we're still fighting for the injustices that are being presented to and, and you know, inflicted on on black people here in this country. So um, I'm still going to put some links in the show notes this week. So as always, we just ask if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, please make sure that you like, you can comment on the website and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can do so on iTunes or on Spotify or on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And we still would love to hear your feedback. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, send them out to us. Uh, we can go ahead and answer them directly on the website yep. or via our email. We can shout y'all out on air too. Yeah. So we could do that uh, via email. And if you hit us up at uh, themaidenvaultpod at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Maiden Vault Pod. So thank you again for joining us this week. We'll be back at it again next Monday. Yep. Next Monday, guys. We'll see you then. Cool beans. See you.